0: On Wednesday morning, I got a text from our daughter Susan. It's a, she's 18. She's a freshman at UT. I've mentioned this before. But 10:01 Wednesday morning, texted to me. I feel like the world is about to end with all these fires, floods, and hurricanes. Have you read about Irma? This was Wednesday. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I had read about Irma. (laughs) I have a life over here, not just <laughs> what you're doing. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. I pick up a paper. I, I love to read the New York Times when I can, but it's only usually when I'm on vacation or traveling. But uh, as I grabbed my coffee yesterday morning, I picked it up because the, the headline and the pictures are, are, are a bit telling. And what we've got is we've got three pictures they give. The top one is some of the devastation from Irma in the Caribbean. Uh, The next picture is really eerie. It's almost apocalyptic. It's the western wildfires, you know, at night. I mean, it's unbelievable. Mountains aglow with this reddish color. And then the bottom one is uh, a picture of uh, earthquake destruction with the earthquake off of Mexico. I expected them to have a fourth one down here, which would have been a nuclear missile flying over Japan uh, from North Korea. And... uh, the headline on this particular article uh, it's about f- uh, people fleeing for cover. It's racing for cover with huge storms stalking Florida. and it struck me uh, that uh, you know that this is happening that that, that it's m- this storm stalking Florida, so to speak, but it's really in a in a metaphoric sense, not much different, you all than than uh, what's happening in this room. What do you mean what's happening in this room? Well, I've said this many times, so this is familiar to you, that it's not just the storms out there, the true weather-related storms, but but there are hurricanes in the room. I mean, there's no one looking at me right now that does not have one or more hurricane spiraling in your life from category one to category five. It's either coming or going. It's wreaking destruction. That's, that's just the truth of being in a fallen body, in a fallen world, with fallen people. All of us. You know, what, And what do we do when those hurricanes are spinning? Like, As it, as it says in, in here, you know, do, you, do you stick it out? Do you run for cover? Uh, do you evacuate? Uh, what, what do we do? I was reminded of this Friday night. Lisa and I were driving up Hillsborough Road to visit a friend, Bill Howard, who, um, who on Tuesday, Bill had a, a, a quadruple bypass uh, Tuesday morning, and we hadn't been able to get up there. I hadn't been able to, and so Lisa and I are going up there together. Um, and by the way, if you know Bill, Bill and Terry, do you know Terry had a, tri- triple bypass in, a quadruple bypass earlier in the summer? Um, and so you talk about a hurricane blowing through there, and Bill, of course, some of you know the story of his stroke several years back that has him partially uh, p- paralyzed. Um, so we're driving up, but at the same time, I get a text on my phone, and and uh, a, a member of our body, uh, Charlie and Patty Brooks, some of you know Charlie and Patty. Uh, Charlie's brother, Glenn, uh, ha- had passed away, and literally when I called Patty on the road going up, he had he had passed away within 20 minutes of my phone call to her. Charlie and Patty, by the way, uh, are, are charter members of fellowship. When we started fellowship almost 20 years ago, uh, we started with a Bible study, and there were there were uh, about six of us in, in our 30s, mid-30s, some late 30s, et cetera. And then there's, you know, there's us, and then there's Charlie and Patty in their uh, mid-60s. And uh, so they took us, and they were like parents to us as we sought to plant a church. And so I called Patty, and of course, we happened to be going up by the way where they actually were, so we stopped in and saw them, but I just thought, you know, if... If, if I asked all of you to text me your storms, my phone would melt, you know, or if you ask someone to text you theirs, that you, your phone would never stop buzzing. You know, we have been uh, answering the question in the gospel of Mark, you know, what, what do we do when the storms of, of life hit, when the hurricanes strike us? And the answer to that question, quite frankly, is the most important, it's the most important thing in life. Uh, We know that the gospel is about the works and the words of Lord Jesus Christ. And honestly, you all, what we do with Jesus, whatever the hurricane is in your world right now, what you do with Jesus is more important. It's it's the most important decision and choice that we will make in life. And so as we finished Mark, I told you last week, I'm going to turn the attention from the pulpit, so to speak, to the pew. And what that means is I'm going to ask some of you to speak so that the message is not so much me as it is you. And I'll, I'm going to help you. I'm going to, as I did last week, I'm going to help you know what to say if you want to say anything. There's no need to panic right now, you know? I'm not going to call people out to speak. We're going to trust the Spirit to be at work in us and amongst us this morning. So, First thing we're going to do, though, is we're going to talk about the storms in the room, and we're going to do this in a way that we never have done in the history of Fellowship Bible Church. I want you to take out a pen or pencil or something, if you can, so something you can write on on your program. I want you to take your phone if you want to just use notes, but you need to write something down here. I mean, if you, know, if you can't, you know, we're not going to kick you out. You're okay, but... I want you to record if you can. Maybe you do it in your mind's eye. Um, I'm going to have you uh, stand up in a moment, and we're going to take some time to meet some people around this room in ways that we don't often get to do. And I'm going to ask you to talk to at least three people. Uh, I don't want it to be your spouse. I don't want it to be your child. I want it to be someone it could be someone you know, but you know what I'm saying. Move, move out of your comfort zone, and you're going to have time to move out of your comfort zone here and move across the aisle. And I want you to ask that person, um, you know, how many storms are brewing in your life? Uh, you know, what's how many, how many? And and you and you could. It's kind of the who, what, and the why. How many, how many storms would you say are going on in your life? I, don't know, I got. Well, how would you categorize them? You know, how how what could, is, it a, is it a one? Is it a four? Is it a five? And then here's the hard one, and this is the one where you can ask, and you don't have to share, but if you want to, you, you, you know, you certainly can. Uh, why do you rate them like that? Everybody with me on that? You got this question? It's just, you know, what kind of storms brewing, Trenton? What kind of storms brewing in your life, senior in high school? Why do you rate them like that? That's it. Just, just listen. Talk to somebody. Now, I want everybody to stand. Let's stand up. And uh, you're not going to believe this, but it's true. I am giving you 10 minutes. <laughs> so it's not like the introverts can go, "I can ride this out. I can ride this out. <laughs> I'll go to the bathroom. I can ride this out." Well, you can't ride it out. You know, I know you might be an awkward moment here or there, but l- leave your space and go say something to somebody. Just, hey kind of storms in your world. Why do you rate them that way? What's going, just go do it right now. I've got, you got 10 minutes to do this. This is part of our service together. This is part of our body life. All right, we need to wrap up your conversation. Okay, let's wrap up your conversations and get in our seats. Okay. Y'all, that was... uh... I love it that we can visit like that, I mean it, and uh, I do look forward to the day when we've got a facility, maybe some, something in between these buildings here where we can, we can honestly do that. I'm, I'm being very serious, That it's, uh, it's necessary. I did wander around a little bit, and I did, some of you did what I asked, others of you just talked about other things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just caught up, and, uh, which is all good. Uh, What do we do when the hurricanes of life uh, overwhelm? Well, we open up our Bibles, and we see that God has uh, answered the question. What we do, we actually sit in the answer every week. I'm going to remind you that on these walls are the four are the four are pictures that, that represent four words that demonstrate the story of redemption. On that back wall, Seth Conley painted these many years ago. But we said, you know, the story of the Bible is four words: creation, fall. Redemption, recreation, and that represents creation. We were made to be in relationship with God. That represents the fall. We chose not to be in relationship with God. And do you know when we chose not to be in relationship with God, the fall, you know, everything Everything was broken at that point. Understand, it's not just, oh, we're separated from God. Do you understand in that moment we became separated from ourselves? Like, like we split within that, that we became separated from others, we became separated from our purpose, our identity, all of those things. And do you know that when the curse came down, it came down not only on humanity, but you all do know that the ground was cursed. And so you go, why hurricanes? Why earthquakes? Well, the ground was cursed, you all. And Romans tells us that creation itself yearns, creation yearns, for the coming of the Savior, that it might be restored in its fullness. How about that? Talk about environmentally friendly and environmentally focused. You know, there's nothing more than that than the Bible and our faith. And so creation fall and then the whole Old Testament points us to the way God is going to make a way back to him. And that is the the redemption of, of uh, our redemption through the cross of Christ. That's this picture here, this... Uh, painting, And then over on the right on this side is recreation, creation, fall, redemption through Christ and then recreation because Jesus is coming back and he will make all things new and all things well and all things right. This is our great hope and our confidence. Now, we live, never forget this, between those two. Okay. We live between the coming of Christ and when he's coming back again. And therefore, we live in a time when everything's not right. It's Christ came, but it's still not right. And there's still hurricanes and all that. That's true, but we can live with hope in that, as we'll talk about in a, mo- in a moment. But then that he comes back again, boy, there'll be no more of that. That's the story of the Bible, you see. And the answer to what do we do in the hurricanes in our life, it, it, it's, it's we join this story And this story is focused like a laser in the gospel accounts in the life of Christ. And we've been in Mark's gospel now for almost 50 weeks. I did a quick review of that gospel to kind of prepare us to talk about it and share. And if you look at the gospel account of Mark, you'll recall it it breaks out into three very distinct, um, you know, a very distinct outline. Chapter 1 through 8 is who is Jesus? Who is he? Chapters 1 through 8. And then there's the... The what, who, the what. That's chapter 8 through 11. You know, what does it mean that he's Messiah? Because say, say, who is he? He's Messiah. What does it mean that he's Messiah? That's 8 through 11 and then 8 through 10. And then 11 through 16 is how is he Messiah? Who, what, and how. Okay, everybody done that? And then we went a little lower, and, we, and I said, you know what, let's get this in a way that we can remember it, not just who, what, and how. And so we tried out, you know, a little Stevie Wonder on this one. So what did we break it out into last week? If you weren't here, you might, well, you missed it. But what did we break it out into? Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours, right? Signed, sealed, delivered. And that's in our minds because when you look at the gospel account of Mark, there, there in the first eight chapters, there are sign after sign after sign that Jesus is who he said he was. Miracle after miracle after miracle, Jesus is who he said he was. And then in that middle section, I called it sealed, and it's this idea that you can't unseal an envelope; that it's that's been sealed. When it, when you ask the question, you know, what does it mean that he's Messiah? Well, it means he's going to suffer and die. That has been sealed. There's no way around that. Even though the disciples tried to go no, right? They tried to go, don't be that kind of Messiah. And Jesus said, No, this is this is the only way that I would suffer and die. And then the last one was delivered because, boy, throughout the account, especially the back end, he used that word, and he literally says, he will be delivered, I will be delivered, I will be delivered to the Gentiles, I will be delivered over. And indeed, he was given over. Delivered not because the religious leaders got their way, not because Rome is so powerful and Jesus is so weak. Delivered under the sovereign hand of God the Father, Isaiah 53, signed, sealed, delivered. Then, then I went one layer lower to say, okay, in those first eight chapters, what's, what seems to be the focus? And we said, it's authority. It's authority. How authoritative is Jesus? Well, the wind and the seas obey him, disease obeys him, demons obey him, and death obeys him. Let's see, what else is there? Nothing. He's authority. His authority extends over and through all. How authoritative is he in your life? If the winds and the seas obey him, we ask the question, do, 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 do I? see, He's authoritative. And then I took that middle section and we said, well, if this is what it means to be a Messiah, I use the word misconceptions. Because throughout that section, Jesus says, you know, if you want, if you want to be great in the world, you want, to, you want to be significant, become the servant of everyone. Well, that's just, that's upside down. Indeed, it is. And Jesus said, if you want to be first, you want to be number one, be last in line. Hey, do you want to live? Do You really want to live? What did Jesus say? Die. <laughs> you are going, This is crazy. Well, they had to wrestle with those misconceptions of the kingdom. And then that last section, signed, sealed, delivered. Last section, I said the focus is on this theological word called atonement. Atonement. What is that? It is. It carries the idea. Atonement carries the idea of satisfaction. It carries the idea of a breach in a relationship. There's been a breach in a relationship. Someone's got to make satisfaction. Someone's got to make right what was broken and why it was broken in order that relationship to be restored. And Jesus, by his death on the cross, is our atonement. You see, the wrath of God must be satisfied. And I'm going to tell you something. If, if If we satisfy it, then we're... We're in hell. We're separated from God forever. Jesus himself satisfied it. And if we trust that Jesus satisfied it, then he satisfied it for us as well. He made atonement for us. Everybody with me? Last thing I did is I, w- I worked through that whole one, two, three in this way. And I said, you know, in, in, in chapter one, verse 11, at the baptism of Jesus, the heavens spoke. God the Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased and then in the middle section, see now we're under this sealed part. What it means to be Messiah, and the heavens spoke at the transfiguration on that mountain. But this time he didn't say uh, he, he didn't say you are. He said, "This is my beloved Son. Listen to him." I.e., everyone, including us, listen to him. And then on delivered, when Jesus hung on the cross, the point of his greatest need, he hung on the cross, and the heavens were. Was that well they were silent because jesus himself corinthians tells us became sin and so the only voice we hear back on that back end is jesus when he says my god my god why have you forsaken me he had become sin for us this is beyond our ability to fully grasp the father turns his face away from the son he must for the, there's no sin in the presence of the father jesus did that for us you see The heavens were silent. Jesus cries out. But there is one voice. There's one voice. It's a Roman centurion. And as he watches Jesus breathe his last breath, he says, truly, this man is the Son of God. And the the story goes on to a very abrupt ending. And it leaves the original reader. We always start there. It leaves the original reader with this question like, What do we say? Where's our voice? Because we noted last week the voice of the disciples was missing. Where are the guys that walked with him for three and a half years? They weren't there. The original readers were under the persecution of Nero. You talk about a hurricane, he's he's category seven, okay? Hurricane Nero upon those Christians. How did they speak up into that? And then we always take our Bible and we say, well, how did they? And it comes to who? Us, literally, you, me. What do we say? What do we say about Jesus? And this is where the message turns to the pew, and I'm going to invite you to share. What do you say about Jesus? Now, you you might go, well, Lord, why don't you know? We want to hear somebody teach. Well, you are. You're going to hear. You're going to hear each of us teach one another. This is what the body is. This is what the Bible is about. This is what the body of Christ is. We teach one another, not just a teacher teaching you and listening. And so what you have to say, trust me on this, is needed by me and others in this room. Just just your statement. You You will know that. And so I want everyone to take something out to write again, and I'm going to put this up on the the overhead. This is where I ended last week. I asked you all, I said, would you fill in these blanks? I'm going to give you some time to do it now. And you know what? This Honestly, this is like a, it's like training wheels I'm trying to give us, and it's okay. We all need training wheels to get going. So I'm trying to give you some framework that you could read a statement so that as nervous as you would be and as difficult as it is, and I know this is, to stand up in front of everyone and say something is very difficult. And so I want to help you. You can stand up, and all you have to do is just read this statement. That's all you have to do. Now, some of you are different. You're gonna, you want to ad lib a little, and that's okay, too, you know, if you want to say something. But we want to say to each other, before we leave Mark's gospel, this is how my life's been redefined. And I put it in these three categories. How would you say, Jesus, you are. What's true about Jesus? Y'all, uh, transformation, biblical transformation is not void of intellect. You got to use your mind. I mean, what do you know about Jesus? And you, we know this about Jesus. The second part is my heart is now because biblical transformation never bypasses the heart. It never goes from this is what I, this is what I know. Now I'm going to go do it. You know, we often do that. But no, it's got to go through our heart, our emotions, the core of our being, how, how, where is my heart? Where is my, my soul? What am I experiencing and feeling of Jesus right now? What would be those words that would describe that? And then biblical transformation is not only head, heart, it's also the will. You see, there there is no growth apart from our choosing because God has changed our minds and our hearts and we choose by the Spirit. By the Spirit, we choose to Take a step of faith. I choose to trust, et cetera. You with me? Mind, heart, and will. Take a few minutes, and I want everyone to just take a shot at this. Everyone's not going to share, but oh my, I pray most of us in the room would get something in our mind's eye of what we've learned through Mark's gospel. Take a moment and do that. Joe, come on down. If you would stand down here, and uh, we're going to get both sides covered um i said earlier um i'm not going to call out any names lowry may if you're on this side i don't know lowry you can sit someone you know you can stick it in their face um but if you feel of the spirit understand there the holy spirit's a person he lives in us and he's at work and he will he will prompt you if he wants you to say something and We need to hear from each other. So I'm just going to ask you, raise your hand up. I want to do this as quickly as we can for time um, as we move in, in, in with the Lord's table. But simply lift your hand. We'll hand you a microphone. Say your name and read your statement. And the rest of us, listen with your ears, your eyes, and your heart. Anybody here want to share? We're going to start back here. Somebody raise their hand. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let him go. And then you're going to turn around and hand it to her when you're done. So over here. Go ahead. Thanks. My name's Jennifer. Um, I actually just put three statements, the first okay. three things that came to my mind. Um, I said, Jesus is my foundation, the thing that
1: holds me when things start to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, Jesus is my authority. hmm um, my Lord, my authority. Mm-hmm. And I also said that Jesus is that true north in my compass, mm-hmm. that thing that I look to when um, other things don't make sense.
0: Good. Thank you. Go ahead.
1: Uh, my name is Tucker. Um, Jesus, you are love. If you look in 1 Corinthians 12 or 13, I think. Mm-hmm. Most married couples know that by heart, <laughs> obviously. But that's actually a description of what Jesus is. That's right. He's love. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart is now in a process of transformation. It's been a recent thing, it's been mm-hmm. over this probably whole year, maybe even a little bit before that. Um, mm-hmm. And by your spirit, I choose to live the life worthy of the calling I've received by giving myself as a living sacrifice to you.
0: Thank you, brother. Pass that back. Go ahead.
2: My name is Chris. And my first statement is, Jesus, you are love. And I say that just simply because I think in today's time, uh, even the Christian uh, seems to forget that. We're so quick to judge others, and uh-huh. it's really not our spot. And Jesus paid the u- ultimate sacrifice out of love for each and every one of us. And I think uh-huh. it's important to remember, and it's been important for myself especially to remember that. Uh-huh. And my heart is now softer and really uh-huh. more accepting, and not that I ever— um, didn't accept Jesus, but I just think it's sometimes hard for some of us to, uh, to really, we can't tangibly touch Jesus, mm-hmm. and we just have to have faith and be able to accept that, and it's hard for a lot of us to do, mm-hmm. so it's, that's been a journey, and it still is a journey for me, mm-hmm. and by your spirit, I, I want to continue to grow in Christ, and I have young children as well, and I want to mm-hmm. teach them along the way. I, my goal is really to be the best father that I can be in front of them, and to be the most upstanding role model I can be to them and really to those that I come into contact
0: with. Thanks, Chris.
2: My name is Kathleen Dodd, and um, Jesus, you are love. My heart is now forgiving. Mm -hmm. And by your spirit, I choose to love those I disagree with,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. i.e., those in the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. Due to a family situation, we have had to approach this. And I hope that this church can teach us how to love those Mm -hmm. that we disagree with, Mm -hmm. but still stand for the truth.
0: That's what I seek. Pass that mic up. Or pass it this way. Or somebody back there want to say something? Gosh, she just handed it to you. You got to say, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Down on the end. Kathleen, thank you for that word. Thank you for reminding us. Go ahead and stand up um
3: for me jesus tell us is your love. name tell us, uh, tell oh it. sorry my name's chris i'm actually uh visiting the church uh we're, we're here from orlando
0: fantastic
3: um for for the game conveniently oh it's not the hurricane the, <laughs> the hurricane was just a bonus oh home. so to me jesus is love um my heart is is full
1: mm-hmm.
3: um and by spirit it's, it's it's something new for me it's um i felt more more and more and more and so um I choose to be a leader and a disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really want to take those steps because um, I lived in Tennessee for, for some time when I was younger. It's easy to be Christian here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as easy to be a Christian where I live. That's and, right. And so I
0: want to do a bit better in that regard. Chris, thanks for the reminder. Anybody else? This is the hot spot. I'm just going to tell you, if I was fishing, I would fish here. Over and over and over. I think She's going to go over here and then you can-
1: my name is Liesl. Um, Jesus, you are reminding me through the example of the disciples that I won't get it all right. Mm-hmm. And that like Peter, you still call me by name. Mm-hmm. My heart is now struggling to accept the forgiveness and grace you offer me. And by your spirit, I choose to step out of the shame and guilt and follow you like Peter did. Amen. Jamie. Hi, my name is Jamie. And um, we lost our little two-and-a-half-year-old William about a year and a half ago, and um, so this is where this is coming from, and it Mm -hmm. says, Jesus, you are everything to me, and I feel honored to go through something like that because you were truly brought to your knees, and um, my heart is at peace, and that can only come Mm -hmm. from God, and I'm so thankful that I have him and that my heart feels at peace, and by your spirit, I choose to make it through each day and continue to worship him. Mm-hmm. And I feel blessed that he has been
0: faithful to us and we're able to do that. Amen. Thanks, Jamie. Over here and then, and then over here. Go ahead. Who's over here? Was someone over here? Yeah.
1: Hi, my name's David. <clears throat> um, and I would say, Jesus, you are my hiding place. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> truly a place where you can go uh, and find acceptance uh, for whatever you're feeling, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, my heart is now exposed. Mm. Um, and some may take that as, as a bad thing, uh, but I take it as a good thing. Exposed to joys, also pains. Mm. Uh, but um, I believe in that exposure there is true life mm-hmm. and uh, uh, finding yourself.
0: hmm
1: And lastly, by your spirit, I choose to release my life into your caring hands, Mm -hmm. knowing that um, in that release, uh, I'm able to embrace what God gives me, good, bad, or indifferent.
0: Mm. Thank you.
2: Go ahead. My name is Chandra, and I gave a, a little bit of thought this week, and what God laid on my heart is that, Jesus is my sin forgiven,
0: my impatience, my lack of trust, my lack of obedience. Mm. Um, but in response to what he's done, my heart's repentant. Mm. And so by his spirit, I choose to trust and obey. Mm. And because of that, he, Jesus is going back to the beginning. Jesus is my Lord, mm. deserving of all my trust and all my obedience and all my heart
2: and all my yeah. mind and all my soul.
0: Thank you. Okay, last one right here, unless somebody got the mic over there. Does someone have it? Okay, this one, and then over here, and we'll, we'll, we'll
2: be done.
3: My name is Connor. Um, I wrote down, Jesus, you are the divine constant amongst our indescribable differences. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the age or, you know, beliefs or practices of anybody in this room, mm-hmm. there's just something beautiful about knowing that we all share one divine difference mm-hmm. or one divine similarity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then I wrote, uh, my heart is now harmonious within chaos, Mm. Um, you know, because of the death that that lifted sin from our shoulders, Mm. you know, regardless of what we may go through or the troubling times, you know, we're able to have faith that there's something out there that's Mm -hmm. keeping us going and that has a purpose behind it. And then I just finished with by your spirit, I choose to go forth and attempt to reflect your character.
0: Thank you. Last one over
3: here. My name is Jacob, and um, I said that Jesus, you are real. And um, by that, I mean not only we seem to feel most comfortable experiencing Jesus as a spiritual experience, but um, he also has ontology, a substance to him. Um, And that's really important to be able to have not just a spiritual-emotional relationship, but a real... Um, somewhat tangible Mm -hmm. relationship with him. Mm -hmm. I said, um, my heart is now fully in your hands. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just a reflection of an experience I've been going through lately. Mm -hmm. And um, by your spirit, I choose to teach who I know you to be today and to Mm -hmm. accept who you reveal yourself to be to me tomorrow.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Let me say to you, I hope what you heard from the voice of those in your church family was way clearer and more powerful than had I as one of the teachers said it to you. You see, that's the power of Christ in each one of us, you all. It's not just Lloyd or Rob teaching. It's, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory that we extend to each other and we can do it just like we did. May I leave you with 1 Thessalonians, a wonderful word. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. Amen. And please apologize to every Learning Center volunteer when you get your children (laughs) on my behalf. God bless.